four, three, two, one. The only way to rise is to elevate your thoughts. To achieve anything, we must lift our thoughts above sloth and self-indulgence. Successful people put off gratification. They conceive goals, create plans, and execute those plans. They act independently on their own initiative. They master their minds and so master their circumstances. The higher you elevate your thoughts, expanding from desire, desiring your own good to the good of your family and friends, to the good of all people, to the good of whole, the whole earth and all creatures, the greater will be your success and the more enduring your achievements. That is from the book, As a Man Thinketh, written by James Allen. Great book. Great book. Just a wealth of knowledge. Just a, just a spring of knowledge just a little, coming from just that a little, book. Just a peanut out there in the realm of knowledge. <laughs> no, it's not, not a peanut. It's, uh, it's, it's at least... an acorn squash no, out there no, chilling not. in the realm in the it's point a, of existence that is knowledge. No, the book is a, is a waterfall. Of of enlightened knowledge and could be a watermelon. <laughs> Not a watermelon. It's a waterfall. At least it, it serves a, a purpose. It is a mountain in the in the field of knowledge. Everything, all other knowledge is just a plain. And then there's this majestic mountains in the distance. And that mountain is as a man thinketh, written by James Allen, just rising over all other information. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What did you think? What What do you think about that quote? Um. Well, I I think it's something that we tend to forget. It, it seems it seems pretty basic, right? That quote. It's like, okay, well, if I think better thoughts, uh, my life will be better. But it, it people, I don't think people really believe that. You know, they don't think thoughts matter. And this goes into a an interesting, um, an interesting idea that what comes first, matter or mind? Did matter create the mind or did mind create matter, right? And uh, I feel like a materialist would obviously say consciousness was developed through the process of material evolution, right? We started as dust and then stars formed and then earth formed and then bacteria formed. It and it led to- so lost to me. I don't know. The more I mean? listen to the materialist argument, unfold itself i i just the more initially my brain doesn't click with it like the the more i grow in knowledge and life i guess the the less i feel attached to materialism and that's with listening to a lot of like sam harris and people who are considered to be really bright yeah uh atheists and materialists not that those are exactly the same thing necessarily it's just um like those people I feel like are just on a different path. They have a deep under, like a lot of them, like Sam Harris have a deep understanding of history, but I feel like they don't really have an understanding of human consciousness. They're a little bit lost in there, but keep going. Well, I think people like Sam Harris who are obviously very, very intelligent. um, They're, they're looking to prove people wrong. They're not looking for truth. They're just looking to be able to tell people they're wrong and they they do that in circumstances that are unfalsifiable, right? You can't prove the existence of God and therefore you can't disprove it either, right? And so people like Sam Harris who are who are intelligent and and, and are capable of um, conceiving abstract ideas, very complicated abstract ideas, l- go to the realm where they're like, "Well, they can't tell me I'm wrong." Somebody who's a believer in in God 
can't tell me I'm wrong, just like I can't really tell them they're wrong. However, I can use logic to counteract. So they're like the ultimate devil's advocate and they get joy out of that. It feels good. It feels good to be able to tell. And especially because you're arguing against something that it it makes more sense that God's not real, right? There's really no proof of God until you look inside your own mind and, and being, right? Once you once you go inwards, it seems pretty self-evident that there's a higher power existing and permeating through life. But if you just look at externally, which 90% of the population, I would say, does, it seems ridiculous, right? There's no God in the clouds. And especially if you straw man the religious argument, if you, if you make it a weak argument and you start... You, you really go towards uh, pr- arguing against the zealots and the people who are just batshit crazy, like the, like the earth was made in seven days, uh, 7,000 years ago. It's like, you're, they're obviously dumb. So, but, and so Sam Harris probably gets a power trip from that. Now, do I really think he's an atheist? No. Because you can't be an atheist. You re- really, it's not possible. The second you apply morality, and Ravi Zacharias talks a lot about this. The second you apply morality to anything, the second you define something as good or bad, right? You, you, imp- you imply through that the existence of a higher moral power that, that decides the laws, right? If you say, if you believe that killing a child is bad, right? Innocent, or killing an innocent person is bad. You have now applied uh, subconsciously or subvertedly that there is a higher moral standard that dictates that killing the innocent is good, that you are, uh, what's it called, Con- uh, you're, you're conceding to, right? Because if there really was no God and there really was no higher power dictating whether or not an action is right or wrong, how would we, why, why would be killing an innocent, innocent person be bad? Why, why would we get that outcome? Why would killing a child be bad? If there's nothing, if there's nothing determining whether or not something is better or worse for the human soul, like I would have to, I have to refresh on my Ravi Zacharias Zachari- uh, because I'm definitely doing a disservice to his argument, but pretty, pretty much that in order, if something is evil, by definition, you're applying that there's something good to counter, counteract that evil, Right. So, uh, and I don't know, there's arguments that you could be like, well, for the community, you don't want to kill, uh, we, we evolved to feel that way. We don't kill innocent people because we evolved to not kill innocent people because it's bad for the community. But it's like, is it really, if you have something that somebody wants and you kill them, why is that bad for the community? I don't understand. You just take it. It, it, The same amount of goods are still in the service, you, you know, like are in the uh, community. There's trust. So if I go and kill you, how do I know you're not going to or if, if I watch somebody go and kill somebody who doesn't deserve to die, how do I know they're not going to kill me? And now there's distrust in the community. But I don't know. That was kind of the argument. There's distrust. And it also feels like, well, I feel like with the systems we have in place, um, the people who are going to have riches and wealth <clears throat> are sort of not necessarily going to be the people who deserve them, but they're going to be the people who are competent enough to gain them. Right. So they're kind of heading this whole entire human uh, network in a more positive direction than somebody who is willing is for his wealth. He's just taking it from other people. Right. There's, there's a really deep embedded um, hatred of somebody like that in the human consciousness and the human spirit. (laughs) 
which I think kind of reflects your argument, but, um, but where I feel like you're a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit skewed is I feel like the path of inner self, like truth is like a frequency, right? It's like a frequency on a radio and, and people who are in the pursuit of truth are the people who are constantly trying to adjust that frequency to tap into that, that vibration. Whereas people who, like Jordan Peterson talks a lot about this in 12 Rules for Life. Um, he talks about the rationalizing atheist, like the rationalizing person who is constantly not really focused on what is leading themselves down a thought path, like down what is giving them, what is attracting them to certain ideas, certain ideologies, certain thoughts. But they become expert at um, making those paths seem good making those paths seem well-developed. Whereas the person who is truthful is constantly trying to look within themselves and see what are my impulses? What are my behaviors that, um, that, that lead me down the path that I go down and why do I go down those paths and what are paths that fit me the best instead of just, this is a path I should go down this one and I should become an expert at logically applying the logos to this path instead of just kind of like setting your frequency, setting your frequency to the radio station of truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can, can you, can you repeat what you just said? I was browsing Reddit and I uh, didn't catch it. <clears throat> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, so do you think, do you <laughs> think the, uh, the logos is the highest power? Do you think that logic is, in the end, the quickest. So there. No, I don't. I don't exactly think that. I think, I think logic, when applied to the self, is one of the most high things we can we can we can like. What does that behave mean? towards? Logic so I mean, to the self. so I mean, logic applied to how one behaves. So if someone applies critical thinking to their path of behavior. Like that's how people get really good at something. Mm -hmm. That's how people become experts in their field is by applying logic to that thing. And I think people who apply logic to their self-expression and um, how they best fully develop their self are the people who, who you could say the logos in that sense is applied. But I feel like people who just apply the logos to um, something outside of themselves, that's a little bit different, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. There's a, um, there's a quote by AOC. I don't know her, her, her name, but you know who I'm talking about? The, uh, the really liberal woman <clears throat> who's in uh, the Supreme Court or some shit. You know who I'm talking about? AOC? No, Alexandra, Alexandria, something Cortez. Um, she, there's a quote from her that's quoted a bunch called that says, it's better to be morally correct than factually correct. Right. Which sure. is no, don't say sure. That is a dumbass quote. And anybody who no, I'm saying that sure, should... I'm saying sure to, well, I don't, I don't actually think that, I mean, that's kind of Dostoevsky's, uh, what is the name of the book? the brothers Karamazov um, that's kind of what he's talking about. There is the person who's deeply connected to the moral landscape and deeply applies their morality to their life 
ends up winning out over the person who's deeply connected to logic and deeply connected to rationalization. Okay. Now I can, I can see that. Um, I think, I think there's a balance obviously, but I feel like morality always true morality, true morality, not moral superiority. They're two different things. The idea of being morally superior and the idea of being morally pure are, are, light years across from each other. They're not even on the same that. Thing, right? So looking to be morally superior will lead you to illogical conclusions about who you are and who everybody else is. Because what you're trying to do at that point is you're trying to just be better than the other person. However, being morally pure, there's no, there's no reference point in where you're comparing yourself to. You're worried about your own moral consciousness and your own moral compass to guide you to the correct answer. I feel like moral purity is a direct product of what you were saying, adding, p- applying logic to the self. And, and there's also, there's also the conscience where there's, there's a, there's a voice inside of us. There's, there's a, a sub personality inside every human. That is probably the meekest, quietest voice inside each person's conscious mind, right? Just your, <laughs> your mind is filled with millions of versions of yourself, all yelling right. at what you want, your urges, your desires, your yeah. opinions, right? But there's a voice that's just meditating, by a tree in the sub reaches of your mind, just way out there who every now and then will pipe up when you're about to do something. And it'll just be like, no, don't do that. And then it won't say anything else. Yeah. Right. And then there's a bunch of voices like screaming, do this, do this. You want this. This is why, this is why. And that voice will just like meditate. It's just meditating. And then every time, every now and then, when you know you're about to make a bad decision, it will open its eyes and just be like, no, don't do that. And then it will go back to meditating, won't say anything else. And, and you hear right. it because, because it's just, you can't ignore it, but it gets drowned out really easily. Can I add something to that yeah. before you continue your point? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what Aristotle talks about is that he, the difference between him and other men was that he only, he listened to that voice above was all. Was it Aristotle others. or Socrates? I think it was Aristotle. Was Wait. It? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Aristotle. Okay, I might have to double check though. If it's Socrates, it's one of the, I mean, they were idiot. they were. I, I'm, Aristotle was Socrates. Uh, I think it was Aristotle because Aristotle was the one that was uh, tried for teaching young men to uh, think for themselves. He was pretty much put to death for that. So I think yeah. it was him because he was that was his argument. He was like, "Listen, I'm not a bad dude." I just do what my consciousness tells me, like my conscience. Well, my conscience, yeah. And I'm afraid. Damon, but yeah, I'm afraid uh, what you're saying. Like, I'm afraid that this this person, Alexandria, whatever, 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 is probably more aligned with that moral superiority is the most important thing, rather than listening to your conscience above everything else. Yeah, you're you're looking you're looking. to be and and we're going to get in some really touchy subjects right now because we're going to start talking about race um oh no dude we have circled back to race so much recently because it's a huge fucking topic right now bro there's literally it's a a topic right now yeah it is it is a huge topic right now have you heard about what's going on about how in seattle um the rioters have now taken over like a section and they're trying to make it their own country yeah you heard any of this there, yeah, I don't really now, care because it's not going to work. Because how are you going to get food? Well, they're going to grow. Have you seen their gardens? <laughs> they're trying to grow. And then there's some gardens that have like post signs in front of them that says this garden is for black people only. And it's like, I thought you guys were fighting against segregation, right? So how it's just, it just, it, I, I just, 
they weren't fighting against segregation. They're, not they're this, fighting for not this. Yeah, they're kind of fighting for it. Which they want black superiority is what they want. And, and there's, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's too common. Yeah. Have you seen the video of them taking City Hall? It's like all white people, bro. Nobody's going to even eat from that garden. It's just going to be a bunch of white people who are growing a couple other crops specifically for black people who aren't even in their company. No, I'm kidding. There's definitely black people there. There's just this video and it's like all white people in City Hall because Seattle gave them City Hall. Yeah, they just let them have it, which they just let them have it. I I don't know. I don't know. I I think you're right. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to fail. But they're trying. Hey, and they feel like they're getting something done. And 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 to some degree, they are. I mean, action is better than inaction. And even though I think they're no action in a negative, destructive direction is not better than not action. Well, no, at least it gives the good people an antagonist to fight against. So let's say so I, I don't I don't think that's true. I don't think I think that what happens is even if people decide to act in a negative way, what that will have to do is it forces the people who are actually good, people who are who are sound in mind to have to rise up. So while, yes, the the people who are doing this are obviously acting in a, a very ignorant way, what it's going to do is that since they're acting, it's going to require the people who are good to rise up as well to act. So while- What happened in Russia though? What, hap- what happened in the Soviet Union with Joseph Stalin? Good doesn't always win out, dude. Yeah, Bad wins I, out a lot too. Think, so seeing true. evil, seeing evil, seeing evil, something something as evil as se- the reemergence of segregation and uh, so many other things that are associated with the type of people who would do something like that and their beliefs about policy and a number of other things. But um, a real direction towards evil that's actually backed up by the state and backed up by, you know, the state of Washington. And they're saying, okay, we're going to give you city hall. Like good doesn't always win out against evil. I don't believe that. I don't know if you do, but I, I did I not believe that. It does. I think across time, I think good is 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 infinitely stronger than evil, right? Order is in, is just it's not even in the same realm. Good, bad is much more prevalent, right? It's 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 easier. Chaos is easier to give into, right? Then the universe itself is pr- moving towards chaos. However, the good and order is such a powerful force that even a little bit of order, even a little bit of goodness that shines through every once in a while is enough to just clear away all the bad. If it shines through now, there's periods in history where famine happened, right? Destruction happens I'm, and, and civilizations fall, sir. And you can say, well, that civilization good didn't happen. So it fell, but look at it now. Eventually it went away, right? It didn't last for long. So it's not, it's not like evil, Evil is much more prevalent and it always will be. It's easier, right? Ignorance is always going to be easier than awareness. It's just, it doesn't require anything to be ignorant. It doesn't require effort to be ignorant. Um, However, I think good, eventually somebody will wake up. Eventually a prophet will rise up. And even after, let's say the United States, let's say the all United States falls into chaos, right? And, and And the United States gets abolished by whatever, it gets destroyed. Eventually, another civilization will rise up and be good. Uh, other humans will rise up and be good, and then there'll be a flash in the pan, and they'll they'll 
and then bad will come again and then good will rise and maybe but 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 you can't only go off of what has happened you have to recognize that we're in a different playing field today and evil winning over good in today's scheme could lead to the destruction of our species and our earth i could yeah. it could it's I, very I, I possible know. No, we can't destroy the earth. Don't don't get that twisted. We're not oh, strong enough to destroy I mean, the earth. Yeah, but we can destroy the bi the biology that that grows with we can destroy the humans. We yeah. can destroy humanity. We can destroy the all the animals and every single part of ground. And earth that, will create more because we're not in control of Earth. We're not we're not strong enough. I think that is an idea that only millennials can have in the generations no. after no. It is somebody with a very works. deep understanding of history can can also have that idea. I would say totally. No, you can't. It, I understand where it comes from. I want you to understand. I I do understand the idea that we're we're strong enough to wipe out life. We're strong enough to to destroy civilization. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Now, and I'm talking about something entirely different. I'm talking about a true um, destruction of the earth as an organism. You know, meteors have crashed into Earth, right, and destroyed life. And what did Earth do? It brought life back again because Earth is on a mission. Earth has a task, and we're not strong enough to end Earth or not. You could blow a hole. Humans could blow a hole in the side of Earth, and you know what, know what Earth would do? It would keep on going. There's, it's not, we're not strong enough to, to set off the course. Now, we Why think do you feel our, that, though? Like I understand because that we're tiny, we're tiny, physically. Joel, we're but... tiny. Yeah. What, physically, yeah. I mean, even our nuclear warheads. What do you? I mean, nukes are not strong enough to. They're strong enough to wipe out life. I'm not disagreeing with you. We could blow a hole in our 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 atmosphere. We could destroy the ozone layer. I'm not saying that we don't have the ability to do that. What I'm saying is, uh, if we do that. A million years, a hundred thousand years later, you know what will end up happening? Life will spring up again in a different way than it did now, but it will continue. There's, it's a mission. It's so, on a so mission. So what? Man. What is? What is? What is the? But okay, but what it, is out? The outcropping of ego, evil in the sense that humanity is destroyed. Is that? I mean. Another I guess if you're looking at the universe, sure. If you're taking if you're taking the the universe as your sample and you're saying, okay, good always wins out after evil. There will be bio, you know, something will be produced on this earth naturally by the earth if human if humanity falls. But my my sense is like isn't the goal for us to not have humanity fall? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Our goal is to be, uh, our goal is to be enlightened. Our goal is to move to the, the next realm of existence, right? That, that I think that's human's goal is to, to, to materially bypass materialism. And that's, that's a complicated concept right there. How does something that is formed from matter, move past the realm of matter you know what i mean like that's not that's not an easy goal but i think that is the goal of of 
consciousness to a degree. It's why we were developed. If, if you want to get into the idea of, of a higher power, you know? Um, but does that mean that we can't fail and, and earth has to restart and whatever has designed us has to say, okay, back to the drawing board. I mean, even God was willing to wipe out, even God was willing to flood the earth, you know, and start over. And if it wasn't for one dude, Noah, if it wasn't for one dude, it would have been, it would have been gone. We, we were lucky that one that story as Do you take that story as total, like, fact? Well, there's, there's many different ways to look at it, and I have no way to prove any of them. It could be metaphorical. Sure. Um, however, the idea is that there, there's a lot of different civilizations with the same story, right? The same exact story, different names. They all have different names, um, and they have different cataclysms that, that wiped out the earth. But there's, there's, a, there's always a story that the earth was wicked, that it became corrupt. One man was good. The higher powers came down and told the man, hey, we're going to save you. Uh, this is what's going to happen. You need to get out of Dodge. He gets out of Dodge. The earth is destroyed and they start over, right? That's that's in yeah. almost every ancient civilization who had no contact with each other. There's no way they had contact with each other, right? So we can, we can say it depends on how literally – because Jordan Peterson, like I like Jordan Peterson's perspective. If, if you're a materialist, I think Jordan Peterson's – perspective on religion and spirituality is probably the most accurate if you don't want to get into the the woo woo there's actually higher powers and and beings beyond our our perception that are influencing and interacting with us right if you just want to see it from a from a materialist point jordan peterson does a great job and like incorporating religion and spirituality because it's still accurate what he's saying is still accurate however i still am in up in the air about whether or not these beings, there are higher beings. And I've had experiences that would lead me to believe that there are. I've had many experiences that make me say, okay, I can't, I just can't deny the reality that there's something else moving around us that we just can't see, right? That we ha- we're, we're like- I would a free- say the same, sure, yeah. Yeah, it, and so, so I don't see, I don't necessarily, I'm not gonna tell you that, yes, the Noah was 100% happened. I don't know, I, I, it would be ignorant. I would say that it's it's highly possible depending on how, on how woo woo you want to get, you know, like if there are higher beings, yes, that, that then a hundred percent that, that happens, you know? Um, now if there's not, then it could just be metaphorical for the idea of like rebirth of, of the human species into something higher, you know? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's debatable, but the, the, I don't know. I mean, it's not debatable that-, that cataclysms were constant. And I mean, what I think is probably really likely is that a large portion of land was flooded and there was a prophetic person who probably, uh, you know, spoke out and warned the people because he had some kind of connection to a higher power. If you believe in that kind of thing, if you don't, I get that too. It's just like, if, if it's very likely that like a large portion of land and then the people who were on that land thought they were the only people because they didn't have the means of transportation to find other people. Um, and then the same thing happened in multiple other places. Cause we know cataclysms come and go. We've seen tons of them, you know, hurricane it's Katrina, there's, there's EF five tornadoes that are hundreds of like, like there's, there's, 
that are miles and miles in in width that kill and destroy ever like just ravage the land you know cataclysms are a thing um and people think nature humans are strong enough and it's like you know you know who you know who thinks that humans are strong enough to wipe out the earth people who have never witnessed earth at its full wrath people who think that we're stronger than the earth and that we're cape we are the pinnacle and we are the, and we are deciding the fate of all life fuck you dude fuck you have you seen a tsunami have you seen a hurricane have you seen tornadoes a volcano erupting earthquakes the ground opening up and swallowing civilizations fuck yeah. you bro everything that we think is is permanent and str- everything that we built everything that we've designed and come up with through hundreds of years of innovation in a second could be wiped out by the earth in a second right We're, we are a speck of dust that the earth is trying to cultivate into something beyond what we're capable of really understanding. Right. And, and, and so that's where I get, the, I'm not saying that we can't kill ourselves. We totally humans have the, have freedom. We have free will. We totally could wipe ourselves out, but yeah. we are not by any means. I get what you're saying. I get the, the, spectrum, I get the stronger than the earth. Yeah. It's not, it's not, or so, I understand and ultimately coming back to our original debate point here. Um, good does good ultimately prevail over evil and is it stronger and that's i mean that's evidence for the former i think if you like if you don't really broaden out the perspective there i think it definitely seems like evil stronger than good because life is suffering and um i mean a horrible thing and all we're trying to do is alleviate the burden basically throughout life yeah so i can see why people think that it's just like I see. I, I see that forward? broadening the spectrum makes it seem like, um, makes it seem more plausible that that good prevails over evil. Ultimately, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and it it requires that broadened perspective. But that is a that broadened perspective is a byproduct of enlightenment of self self actualization. You know, so it's not an easy thing to gain. It, it requires effort. It, it requires effort to see. That good is stronger than evil because if you're ignorant, it would not ever seem that way. It's counterintuitive, right? Um, so the, yes, I, there's and everything in life is not black and white. Life is not a black and white. It, it is every spectrum between black and white. You know, it's an accumulation of two polar opposites interacting with each other and and moving between each other every single day, every single second. It's a balance between good and evil. So. To see to see the overarching narrative of of hum, humanity requires one to step out not just from their individual shoes into the into the the shoes of humanity but into the shoes of the cosmos themselves you know like it, it requires such a um, such a sacrifice of individuality to gain the perspective that you can achieve this this truth um, and and real. And not just truth, but like uh, it's it's a peace of mind that you're like, okay, we we really can't. We're here for a task, right? But there's no penalty for failing, right? And I, and I, and I was and, and I was I was talking um, because it, well, for, there is a penalty, but the penalty's a fake narrative that we tell ourselves, right? It's a self-induced penalty, but the penalty is not. It's not real if you don't if you don't. The penalty only exists. It's like the double slit experiment. 
um, when you it's quantum mechanics. If you if you're looking at a, a particle, the particle is either a wave or a um, like a, a photon. A, a photon is both a, a particle and a wave at the same time, right? right. But it's 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 neither until it is observed by consciousness, and we really don't understand how consciousness has this effect on matter. Um, and it's that's how that's how good and evil is. It's it's not. It's not either one until consciousness applies meaning to one of them, right? Right. So, so good and evil exist simultaneously, and it takes the consciousness to determine whether something is good or evil. So, but going back to what the uh, statement earlier, how you said you said something along the lines of, "Oh man, what was it?" You, I wanted to make a statement about something. You, you said Jordan Peterson does a really good job explaining it, and I, I forgot it. I forgot what. Do you remember what you said? Cause I really want to, I um, forgot. Jordan Peterson does a good job of explaining the difference between being somebody who is uh, influenced by truth and being a rational person. No, is that, no, no. no, it was, it was, man, I forgot it. It was such a, it, it was such a good statement. Um, but anyways, rational. me and Jordan were, me and Jordan were talking <laughs> about, uh, yeah, me and Jordan, me and Jordan were talking about um, heaven and hell. We were on a hike yesterday and we are talking about heaven and hell and the concepts and this is really interesting so i'm going to give you a theory all right and then once once i'm done i'll, I'll let i'll i'll uh, hear your opinion about it right so i have a couple of theories on the afterlife right so we know that dmt is is produced in all living things right it's in plants it's in animals and it's produced produced in the pineal gland the pineal gland throughout history in modern history was seen as the third eye where that that point in the the brain, the point the, in the brain where spirituality manifests physically, because everything spiritual has to manifest in the physical realm somehow, some way, right? So um, the pineal gland secretes DMT. It creates DMT. It also creates melatonin. It creates a bunch of other hormones, right? And when you die, um, your brain dumps all the DMT that has accumulated throughout its entire life into your brain, right? And you start tripping. So. We were talking. Wait, about, wait, 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 what? wait. Is this totally true? How have I not heard? Yeah, this, of this? is one hundred percent true. Yeah, this is this is all true. I promise you can look it up. So, yeah. so when, when you when you die, what happens is you start tripping balls on DMT, right? And it's also crazy that these ancient cultures fabric like created DMT, like they figured out a way because there's a there's a chemical in your stomach that that negates the effects of DMT if created like, or if secreted, right? So if your body does secrete DMT or you somehow get the chemical of DMT into your system, there's, there's another chemical in our body that negates its effects. Right. And the only way to start tripping is if that chemical that turn that makes DMT not work is turned off and then DMT is put into your body. And somehow these ancient cultures figured out a way to do this, but our body does it naturally when we die. Um, and so when you die, Right when you die, right when the, the electricity about to, starts to go out, right, you, your brain just dumps all this DMT. And there's also I also have a theory that if you take DMT artificially, right, you are you're you're depleting the storage of DMT in your third eye. And when you die, the experience you get is much less real or much much less profound because you're you're losing the DMT that your body, even ancient monks, there's um Tibetan monks talked about this. I watched a, uh, like a documentary or something. And they were like, don't do DMT. If you want to experience that you do it through meditation because you don't lose DMT. If you experience this realm, this trip 
on through meditation. But if you take DMT artificially, you're depleting the storages of DMT in your third eye, in your in your pineal gland, and it it, it shallows the experience you have when you die. Sure. And I was talking about what if consciousness is similar to a black hole? Okay, so we know that black hole, when you get close to a black hole, you get close to the singularity. Time stops working, right? Time stops moving. So the, the theory I, I kind of was thinking yes, about yesterday was, so what happens if consciousness is similar to a black hole? And as one approaches the singularity event, like just like a black hole, where matter and time and physics begins to break down because our, our consciousness is no longer existing in those realms, right? So all, everything begins to break down. Right. Our consciousness stops moving through time, right? Right. So as we die, if within the milliseconds that somebody dies, right? I'm talking like, like in the moments that somebody dies, all the DMT is released from their brain, right? And they start tripping balls, right? And, and it, this trip is probably a million times more pr- profound than anything you could experience taking DMT artificially while living, right? Because sure. this is your, your, your body's last-ditch effort to preserve itself, right? And so what if you trip so hard that within the final moments of consciousness to a human – they die in a second, right? And then they're gone and they're gone forever, right? There's no coming back. But in that person who died's mind, time stops moving. Just like as you approach a black hole, time begins to slow down to a point where it doesn't move at all. And inside that person's consciousness, they're tripping and all that DMT is released. And so they exist in this realm for eternity of, of this, this astral plane where you're tripping on DMT. And we know what people... You've heard it as well as I have. The experiences people have on artificial DMT. So I'm sure that the real experience you have on DMT, where your body, your the so actual God, I experience you're supposed to have. The, well, but think about it. So you, the idea of concepts of heaven and hell is really just the at the moments you die, you go there for eternity because in and from from a living person's perspective, that person's gone in a second. But from the person who's dying's perspective. It never ends. They're there for eternity. They don't realize that a second has gone by and they're dead because within those seconds of dying, they've lived for trillions of years in this realm of, of, of the afterlife, right? Okay. And so, so, but hold on. And the, the concept of heaven and hell is dependent on the, the, re, the perspective the person had as they died. So if somebody was a peaceful person, right, and loved life and had good memories of everybody they loved – and, and didn't really hold on to hatred. When they died and went into this realm, they would see that it, it, life is just a manifestation of love. They would have a good trip. They would have a good afterlife, right? They would go to heaven because they lived correctly. If somebody had a bad experience, just like when you do mushrooms, if you go into this trip with a bad mindset, if you go into this reality with a, holding on to resentment, holding on to hatred, to bitterness, you're going to have a bad trip. And what do we call all bad trips? We call them descents into hell, right? Sure. And so people are like, so people are like, um, heaven and hell. It's not. It's not a matter of God letting you in to heaven or God kicking you, putting you into hell. It's a matter of, are you capable of when you die? Did you see life as a heavenly place or did you see life as a hellish place? And that's going to manifest for eternity. You're either going to have an eternal bad trip or you're going to have an eternal good trip. Now, I'm almost done with my statement and then I want to hear your, your opinions. 
There's another perspective where DMT is actually just a gateway, right? It's opening up your mind's gate, like a, a gateway into your mind, and it's allowing the consciousness to flow through. So when all that releases, you don't, it's not a, it's not an artificial existence, like the idea of a singular trip. You're actually accessing a different plane, right? You're actually going somewhere that exists now and all humans have access to. It's just the DMT floods your brain to a point Pretty much if that much, if you took that much DMT, you would turn into a schizophrenic if you continued to live, right? Because it would just break your brain. But since you're dying, it doesn't matter. And your brain's, you go so insane. You, your brain breaks to the point where your consciousness is allowed to, f to be freed and go to where it's supposed to be uh, now, right? Right. So those, those are two options. We were just talking about it the other day. What do you think? So... My, my first, profound. my first thought is when the lights switch off, how, how, why do you think this is, this is powerful enough to where it erodes the effect of time? Because the, well, I think it's more of, um, time is relative, right? Time, time is only, only exists if there's a perception to perceive it, right? Time is not. It's, it's a, it's not something that humans created. It's not a man-made structure. It's something that was created with perception, right? Time only exists if there's something to keep time. Sure. So when the thing that is keeping time begins to turn off, the clock stops, right? If you have a watch and the watch begins to break, what happens to the watch? It stops moving. It stops moving, right? But consciousness, can you conceive of a, a realm where you're not thinking? Even when you're asleep, you're still thinking, right? Consciousness continues to work. And our brain, we also know that our bodies will do whatever it takes to preserve itself. Consciousness will do whatever it takes in order for consciousness to keep working. And there's no, it's a theory. I'm not saying there's the, the whole DMT and the dying and it releasing DMT. That's true. And we also know what DMT does to the brain, the experiences people have on DMT. Right. The thing is more of just saying, what if what if black holes in nature are similar to what happens to death? What if black holes are a manifestation of death, right? Right. And there's similarity between, so what if, what if black holes, because we know that when a star dies, it creates a black hole, right? Right. And that's a lot of energy. We know consciousness is energy. So what happens when consciousness begins to die? It preserves itself by stopping time, by breaking the boundaries by of space. By breaking the perspective on time. Yes, exactly. In order Fuck. to preserve itself. Because energy no, can't be created man. or destroyed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why do we think, why do we, are, the, the universe needs to conserve the energy of our mind. It just, doesn't just disappear. It has to go somewhere, mm -hmm. right? So, so why would we assume that, oh, well, the energy's gone? Because we're just a bunch of electricity right now. That Literally, you moving your arms, you're breathing. It's electricity. You're, you're, a, you're a, meat, a sack of meat and, and dust that is running off of electricity. Right. And, and so that that energy has to go somewhere. It doesn't just stop. It doesn't just disappear. Yeah. So in order for the universe, in order for the physical laws to be conserved, because we know the universe has to conserve its laws. So you can't it can't break the laws. That energy has to go somewhere. Right. Right. And we also know that, I mean, throughout all of history that we the humans believed that you human, the human spirit goes somewhere right? It goes somewhere. It doesn't just stop. There's an afterlife. There's something after death that the after, well, there's something after life, right? 
and death is just a gateway to that next place. And, and so, like I said, there's, there's two theories, one that, uh, uh, two, th- and, and I, I mean, there's, it's just a theory. I was just thinking it was a little fun brain experience experiment, but it made sense to very me. Right. Intriguing, like, yeah. Very intriguing. Cause it, it seems very likely, you yeah. know, um, and you can you can reach these states on meditation. We know that if you meditate, if you stay long, if you meditate long enough to where your body starts to begin to think that it's dead, which means you don't move, right? And you slow your breathing down as much as you possibly can. That's the point of, of meditation. You're in a total state of rest where you're not even thinking, right? Your body begins to die or it begins to believe it's dying. And then it starts to cr- produce DMT. And that's why people will have these trip, trips on, on through meditation. On meditation, it's, yeah. They're doing, Tripping on they're, meditation. They're, they're convincing their bodies that they're dying. And so their body is, is producing these chemicals and, and preparation for this, this, this singularity event where the consciousness has to – it can't just disappear, but it has to go somewhere. And, the, and so the brain is, is now figuring out – the body is now working to say, okay, where are we sending this energy? Yeah. It has to go somewhere. I see, I see yeah. a disconnection between and, – and this is, this is very intriguing to me and I'm kind of on – I think I'm on where your brain's on with this because it makes a lot of sense. But It's interesting. Uh, I feel like people's interpretations that heaven and hell um, are kind of destined for the way this judge God, um, you you know, looks at you, the way he observes your actions and reflects on your life. Um, But I feel like so many bad people, like, like not bad people, but, I feel like a, I'm sure a lot of bad people have really good trips on DMT. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like pe- yeah, people who are to admit, totally, totally don't have a perspective of self. People who don't have any intention of being truthful and being um, reflecting their, their ideas and their actions and virtue, yeah. virtue, basically. Like uh, there's tons of non-virtuous people who have good trips. So it, it's a little bit strange to me that, you know, I feel like there's a disconnection between the ideas that at the end, there's this judge that ordains uh, the nature of your afterlife. Yeah. And then there's, if, so, if we're going to go off of people artificially doing DMT and not getting the death experience, um, yeah. then I feel like there's just so many people that are, are, flawed and corrupted so, and fucked up and kneelers at the throne of satan who have good yeah. good trips on dmt you know you now know let me I mean? let me now this this i think is even more mind-blowing at least for me this comes from a false representation that you as a human can judge another human right and even in the bible we know that hell when you read about hell hell is not a place it's never written as a Right. The only thing we can get close to that is that Jesus says, when you die, if you're not if you're not following my path, you're going to go to a place where there's gnashing of teeth and pain. Right. That's kind of the only time Jesus says, hey, if you don't live the right way, you're going to a bad place. He does say that. But hell say hell exists. I thought he just said hell is a very real thing. No, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's just he he's he implies the idea that if you don't follow him on his path if you don't if you don't replicate him and his 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 ideology 
and, and follow him to, to the father. Right. That you're going, you're going to a place that's absent from this light. Now, I don't think if you read Old Testament and you really read it, especially you read some of the books that were taken out by the Catholic Church or Catholicism, because they took a lot of information out. They just said, no, nah, we don't want this in the Bible. And they're like, this isn't this isn't biblical. But Enoch, Enoch, who was a um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Noah is a descendant of Enoch and Enoch is a descendant of Adam. They're very close because this is ancient, ancient culture. Right. Enoch walked with God. Actually, Enoch, uh, Jesus quotes the book of Enoch a lot of times, but Enoch is very esoteric. It talks about giants. It talks about human demon hybrids. It talks about aliens. Uh, it talked. And then, and then the only thing that you can get is, and uh, the Torah is the, it says Enoch walked with God and then he was not. That's the only <laughs> reference to Enoch in the Canon Bible. But if you actually read the book of Enoch, it's his story. Right. And it taught, it's just like trippy, bro, because Enoch walked with God, which means he like knew God personally. And then God took him. He didn't die. Like, that's the whole point of Enoch. Enoch was so spiritual. He didn't die. There's only a few humans who have ever not died. Jesus, Enoch. And then I think Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah was taken on a chariot of fire. If, I, if I'm correct, it was one of them. There's only like three people that God story. just was like, all right, you're, you're not human. Didn't We're Jesus taking you out of resurrect here. Lazarus from the desert as well. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting but as well. But God didn't take him. Yeah. Yeah. The God didn't take him to heaven. It's a completely different. Um, or maybe he's just a really old man who still lives today. Yeah. Unaffected right? by the time. He's just wandering. But the idea that is, I don't, I, and, and when God created hell, hell was a place reserved for Satan and his demons. Hell was reserved for people who knew what was going on. And acted out accordingly and rejected it. Humans are ignorant beings. We're created that way. So I feel like even the most evil humans still are ignorant. And what injustice, if God is incorporates everything that's good, God is a full representation of justice. And it takes two things to condemn somebody. In order for somebody to be condemned, they have to commit the act, which humans definitely commit evil acts. But they also have to be fully aware of what they're doing. Right. right. Because if you just could act, but you're ignorant to what's actually going on, can you really be held accountable? Absolutely not. That's not justice. So humans might Ooh, act evil. Well, OK, but but that's that's I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this in 12 rules. Um, I feel like our statement is Jordan Peterson talks about this. Keep talking. Um, I'm going to pee, but I'm listening. Yeah, you're good. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about this in 12 rules. Oh, I lost my train of thought. No. Oh, come on. I can't get it back. Oh, yeah. Sins of omission. Sins of ignorance. Sins of not listening to your conscience. Because your conscience is the... I think we can both agree that your conscience is the light to avoiding ignorance. Um, but Jordan Peterson talks about how... Like, one of the one of the rules in 12 Rules for Life is about how omit the sins of omission sins of ignorance are just as bad if not worse as sins that are intentionally acted out i don't know i don't know if that makes sense but so the i 
so yeah, there is the the aspect that once you have become enlightened, once you have become aware, you are now wholly fully accountable. And I'm not saying there's no humans that are going to hell. I'm just saying the idea that uh, you know the dude who, in desperation or in a, in a bout of anger, killed somebody, or or like a serial killer. Right. Let's say a serial killer with a deranged brain. We would see him and be like, man, that is some. Oh yeah. So, just uh, going off of. Sins of omission, sins of ignorance, being yeah. just as destructive um, as sins of intentionality. Yeah, so, so I think I think there's there are humans that are going to that place, right? There are humans that are going to go to hell because they became enlightened, they became fully aware, but they decided to continue to act out, right? But I think those are very very few. An old the serial killer with a deranged brain who who really is just acting out on urges. I don't think is fully aware, right? Or at least some of them might be, but most of them probably aren't. The human that lies because it's in their nature, you know, it's just an instinct. That's not really, they're not cognitive. The amount of humans that are actually aware are few. And the amount of humans that are aware that commit evil and the amount of humans that are aware and commit good, I think are probably pretty proportionate, but most of the population are just sheep acting off of their bodies, instincts and their, their urges and their impulses, right? They're not right. going to hell. And that's why I think you'll say there's a lot of evil people who have good trips. Well, it also depends on what's a good trip. I mean, I think pretty much everybody who does DMT says they go to a place and it's full of light, right? Shapes that have that are manifestations of love. That's kind of their descriptions. Moving shapes that talk to you and, and that express love, right? And sure. So and that's kind of the realm of DNT, which follows what we know about God. When people say God is is represent, he's an embodiment of love. It's like sounds sounds similar, right? If, if so, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, and that is definitely an argument. It's that bad people have good trips too. However, are they bad in the sense that they're they're fully a hundred percent enlightened and they're still bad? Because bad, evil can be enlightened just as much as good. Enlightenment is a total awareness of your place in the universe and what you are, right? So um, I don't know. So those people sure are going to heaven, but that, I don't think – I think that's a small minority. Most people, most people aren't going to go to that place. Now, there is the fact that you're going to go somewhere. You're going to eventually manifest what you feel life is, right? So if you think that life is – worthless and pointless and against you and hates you when you die let's say let's say that i am right about the or or the theory is true about um how dnt you you go time stops and you live in eternity in the milliseconds of you dying you're in an, an eternal state uh in in this afterlife that is just a manifestation of everything that you saw life as right which means sure. did you and but god even god he is life if you love god what that means is you love life, that life, you see life as a positive force. You see the beauty in things, even if their beauty isn't present, right? You refuse to accept the bad because, because everything is worth it, right? That's what God is. God's not this being that you, that if you follow the right rules, the rules are there. So you love life. That's what the rules do. Yeah. The rules aren't there to oppress you. The rules That's, are there yeah. to lead I, I, you. I see what you're saying. I feel like that's kind of connected to what I was saying. I was just saying there's a there's a disconnect between the type of people who trip on DMT and have like good experiences, you know, because tons of like we said, tons, 
you know, societally and religiously condemned and bad people have good trips. Um, but I was more pointing out the disconnection between that fact and the way the church interpretates how the afterlife is going to be judged. Yeah. So I, I was more pointing out the same, the same, I think kind of the same, the same message that you are, um, that it, it just doesn't entirely come down to like following the rules and being a, uh, a, a person who lives in this under the law. Yeah. Yeah. It's not at all. I mean, if anything, we could see that Jesus was totally against the law. He abided by the law because the only, only way to abolish a system and any wise person knows this, the only way to get to abolish the system is to go through the system. Right. Sure. If, if you can't, if I hate education and I think education is pointless, I can't, I can't tell people how pointless education is if I'm not educated. Right. right. If I don't have good grades or if I'm not if I'm not smart. Right. Because then they'll be like, you have no experience. How, how do you get that? The only way to really prove that something is not right is to first do it and then expose it. Right. And I think that's a lot of people have that problem with revolution. They think revolution is is uh, just casting out uh Every the old the the old ways without ever actually fully in being incorporated in it, fully understanding what that is, right? Um, so, like, I don't know. There's so like even today, like uh, comparing it, these people want revolution from segregation, but the people that are alive right now have never been segregated. Hold up, right? The, they want revolution from segregation. Why do you think they want racism? That? They racism. they want they they yeah. they want okay. to they want to change the systematic racism of our country. Okay, However, yeah. in order to in order to revolve to change that the fact that there's systematic racism, they had to actually have lived through systematic racism. And every single person today, especially the white people who are fucking marching around for this shit, have never been a part of systematic racism. So there's zero percent chance that they could reform something that they ha- themselves have never actually experienced. That's why it's so shallow. That's why the, the marches and shit are so shallow is because none of these people have, have ever experienced the thing they're trying to, the, the thing they're trying to disprove and, and, and change. It's like in order, in order to, to, to um, uh, change uh, religion, you actually have to go through religious oppression. You know, yeah, I think it'd be one racism. thing if George Floyd survived and he was out there marching and giving speeches, MLK style. But it's another thing for bro. He was a, you know, drug a rich middle. He was cracked out when they found him. Like he he he's a th- he was a thug. You have to look at the character. And I'm not saying it was justified. I'm not saying it that he should have died. Yeah. It wasn't justified. It was horrible. The, the cop was an egocentric maniac who was looking to kill somebody. And also, they really matter. Did you hear white. about that? They worked together at like a store oh, or something, and uh, the George Floyd would like kind of pick on. I think he would kind of pick on. Um, I, I, I don't gotcha. know what the cops. It makes was, sense. But... Yeah. So, so the George Floyd. I'm not saying he should have died. However, that is not a. It's not a. Uh, that is not an expression of systematic racism. The fact that that cop killed that dude had nothing to do with race. It didn't. I don't. I don't care who you are. There, you can look at the statistics. There's more white on white violence and black on black violence 
than there is between the interracial violence by by a huge margin. There's the, the, the idea that white people just kill black people is so dumb. And, and the fact the fact remains is like it's it's systematic racism means that there's no black people that just if you were born right white, you automatically succeed. That's what systematic racism means is that white people are favored in this country. No, there's this country makes is 70 percent white people. We're going to hold higher positions. We're going to have the majority of positions because we're white. We, we, there's more of us, for one. And two, there's tons of black people that succeed. There's plenty of people in minorities that succeed. The, the, you take a dumb white person and he goes and, and looks for a job. He's not automatically getting the job. That's not how the system is worked is built nowadays. The it used to be 100%. Is, is, um, its appetite is for um, – what, what is the word? Hardworking. Diligent, self-respecting competent, people. Competent people. Yes. The system is, is constantly looking for people who are competent. That's basically the only thing that defines the rules of the game. There is an argument that – so like people succeed based off the structure, right? And so people who – people's ancestors who used to be built – like used to be in, in a slave, right? Used to be slaves. They – they started off with a bad foundation, right? And we know that generations usually follow the same trends until somebody who is a part of the family changes that. And that takes great effort. It's really hard to change your fam- family heritage, right? If your right. family has consistently been the, through the years, been lower class citizens, then that's, that trend is usually going to continue until somebody wakes up and changes their family history. Yeah. So, so there is that is that if you were if your ancestors were a slave, you don't have a strong foundation because it's, it's likely that their kids and their kids and their kids followed that same trend of being victims. Right. And so they started to be ghetto. They started to be hood. They started they made this black, the, the idea of black culture is all about being a thug, even listening to rap music, which is, a, is from black culture. It's all about killing and taking money and, and stealing and, and being a thug. And I'm going to fucking kill you if you touch my girl. It's like. It's like, okay, you can have that personality because that feels awesome. The idea of alpha male chimp running your tribe, that's a great power trip. However, you don't get to be participating in that culture, but then also say you want to be a dignified citizen of society because they are totally contradictory. You cannot be a thug and also a highly, um, a highly, uh, what's it called, established member of society. It's not how it works. So if you want to participate in the black culture, which was developed based off slavery because the oppressed people are like, fuck this shit. We're going we're gonna to just take what's ours kind of thing. Um, that's fine. Be a part of that culture. But understand it's not going to get you anywhere in society. And if your whole idea is that you guys want to be higher members of society, then you got to start acting the right way. And white people have been dignified members of society for a while. That means their generations after them are going to continue to be dignified because we know generations follow the trend until eventually that highly, that white family that has been highly established members of society have a kid and he's a crackhead and goes, dies in a ditch. You know what I mean? And gets yeah. seven girls pregnant. Pumps and a then, you know, girls before you, on, on yeah. And then, and now you have a bunch of white trash. Right. And if, if our, if our country was really systematically racism, there would be no such thing as white trash. It wouldn't exist because all white people, would be in the system automatically pushed up. And we know that's not true. We know that's not true, bro. I mean, our, some of the look at the, and look at sports. Black people dominate the sports realm. Is that racist? No. 
No, they're just fucking freakishly athletic. And in general, as a general rule, not saying all black people are freakishly athletic and not saying white people can't be freakishly athletic, but black people have that shit like going on, bro. the word freakish there. They, it is, bro. No, I'm just freakishly kidding. athletic. No, it's true. Some of the, the, like, it's just, but that's not racism. And, and plus, black people are seen as gods. They're worshipped. When sports players are worshipped, bro, they are worshipped by white people, Hispanics, Asians. It doesn't matter. If you're a freak athlete, you're worshipped by the masses. Doesn't matter right. about skin color. So that's my only argument is that where is your systematic racism? Now you can say racism exists. Yeah, there's going to be some hick in the country who fucking will give you the side eye whenever he sees a person of color and will say, no, you can't have my crops. Fuck him. Fuck him. Right. That's that's 5% of the population. You should be you should be strong enough as an individual to just shrug off somebody as stupid as that, right? You shouldn't sure. be offended. But no, they take offense to that. And now instead – and it's not. They're not taking offense to it because it's all white people who are even – I mean the majority of these people are white. It's just, it's just silly, bro. It just makes – it just blows my mind. It makes me like my head hurt thinking about how – but there's no changing it, you know? Like – Yeah. There's just what no do you think about um, – there was, there was some Chicago PD officers mm. who knelt in protest. Yeah. Um, and now they're all like – immediate they were all like immediately charged with some 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 legal jargon that basically means treason um like what do you think about that because that that points that points out some serious issues in my mind not no not necessarily issues of racism but issues of um the culture the cop culture in the united states and the fact that oh the police force is automatically trying that when the guy who killed George Floyd just got released from jail because a bunch of people paid his bail. No, no. One of the guys got released and the guy who got released was, there was four guys, right? There was one There's guy. Four guys. Wasn't there, there was the, two the guys guy standing was, guard? Hold sure. on. There's two guys standing guard. There's the guy on the neck. And then there was a guy holding the legs. The guy who got released was the guy holding the legs. Because there's three times during the video where he says, hey, we should probably get off. Hey, should we turn him over? And it was his third day on duty. And the dude who was killing this guy was his his superior officer. So he uh, was under order. Okay. It was his that third day sense. ever being a cop. Wow. And they totally misconstrued that. bro. Of course That's they did. Up. Of course they did. But what actually that dude, the dude who killed George Floyd is going to jail. On second degree murder, I think is what they're trying for. Though that's that's a bad call. They shouldn't have gotten second degree murder is premeditated. So they're trying him under the idea that he actually woke up that day planning on killing a black person. And that's no, no, no. Ridiculous. It could be premeditated in the sense that because these guys work together, though, and that uh, that makes sense. You know, they yeah, had they, they were like there was a coworker who basically said they argued a lot and they yeah. did not like each other. Yeah. Basically, okay. Like, not, I'm not saying that. it's justice at all. I don't want people to misconstrue my words. It's not justice at all. George Floyd was murdered in cold blood yeah, by, a, by a horrible, think, horrible, monstrous man. But like, but the problem is, is that if they try him for second degree murder and fail, then he gets released. And so, and I think it's less likely if they would have tried him for first degree murder, which means he just killed somebody outright. Um, then he would. I think he, they can prove that kill. in the courts, though. Yeah, I think well, second degree murder that. gets a longer sentence, and some that's why they're probably doing that. However, just, if they were just looking just for him killed. to go to jail um 
if they would have tried him for sec- first degree, he would have already been in jail. But now there's a big debate whether or not it was premeditated. And if it and if they can't prove it, if the jury because it's a it's a peer review, you know, like peer the peer reviewed system, as in the community decides whether or not somebody's guilty or innocent, right? It's not the judge. The judge isn't up there saying, Okay, you're not trying to convince the judge. You're trying to convince it's a bunch jury. of random citizens. So and, yeah. So now they have to convince these 12 people that this dude premeditated premeditatively killed George Floyd, which I can see with the history. I didn't know that, but just off the fact alone that he, he didn't wake up that day planning on killing somebody. I don't, I don't think that's, you can't possibly prove that. However, you might be able to with the idea that they used to know each other and and, and be argument. Um, This guy egocentric. Yeah. In general. Uh, so I, I am against I'm not against the police force. We need somebody. We need the police. I mean, there has to be agents of order going around and 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 shutting down people who are trying to cause chaos. I mean, you you can the idea that we can abolish the police is such a millennial ignorant idea. It's people who have no life experience want to. And the quote, I feel like the quote that best summarizes the time we're living in is strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak men. And then weak men makes hard times, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. it's just we're it's we're in the point where we we're in a bunch of we have a bunch of weak members of society because they they didn't live through tough a tough period of time, you know. So they're not hard, they're not strong, they're not resilient, they're weak, and weak people make hard times. So we're, that's where we're at in this cycle. But eventually, once we destroy ourselves, we will go through a period of of hardship. And that will make hard people, and that those hard people will then create easy times. That's a cycle of history you can see. It's just the reality. Um, but yeah, I don't know.